You're listening to the Faith Roots Audio Podcast with Pastor Willie George. You can watch the full video version of this episode and join the conversation with your comments on the Faith Roots YouTube channel. Simply search Faith Roots on YouTube and be sure to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. Now, here's Pastor Willie George with today's message. Hello, I'm Willie George. Welcome to the Faith Roots Podcast. I'm so glad that you've joined me. We're talking about the law of continuance. And to my mind, it's one of the most important spiritual concepts that you'll ever understand because it will help you to develop strong faith. The reason I say that is because I see people in the Bible who had strong faith, and it was because of this continuance that they understood And we introduced this idea earlier with the thought that Jesus is a finisher, that he is insistent upon finishing. And so if God is a finisher, then he doesn't start you out and abandon you midstream or even at the end. God wants to see you through to good things. So let's read from Genesis chapter 15, beginning in verse 12. Uh, Let me set the stage as we're reading this. Uh, Abram is concerned about his family. He is uh, about 84 years old here, 84, 85, and he um, is concerned that he's not able to have children. He asks God about his future and about his family and about who his heir will be. And the Lord tells him that he is going to have a biological son. This is going to be a son that is born out of his genes who will come into this place. And then God says, I'm giving you the land. And he said, Lord God, how shall I know that I inherit it? And so God makes this covenant ceremony with him. Now this covenant ceremony that God makes, it starts here in uh, Genesis chapter 15, uh, where the five different covenant animals that are offered under the law, the, 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 the cow or bull, uh, in this case it's a heifer, but uh, uh, then there's a goat, the ram, the turtle dove, and the young pigeon. These are the animals that were used in the law of Moses as sacrifices, but they are the covenant sacrifices. This is the beginning of a covenant ceremony. Then God continues covenant ceremony in Genesis 17, but here's where he starts it. Now, When God is making this covenant with Abraham and talking to him about his family in Genesis 15, 12, when the sun was going down, a deep sleep fell upon Abram, and lo, a horror of great darkness fell upon him. He felt something that was very, very heavy, depressing, concerning. And God said to Abram, Know of a surety that thy seed shall be a stranger in a land that is not theirs, and shall serve them, and they shall afflict them four hundred years. Now actually, the four hundred years would start before they got into the land of Egypt. It starts from, um, the four hundred years would have started from the weaning of Isaac. And I'll explain that maybe later in the podcast. Also that nation whom they shall serve will I judge. That would be the nation of Egypt. And afterward they shall come out with a great substance, and thou shalt go to thy fathers in peace. Thou shalt be buried in a good old age. In other words, this isn't going to happen to you. But in the fourth generation they shall come here again. And here's why I'm not bringing them here right now. First of all, they doesn't have them right now. But there's not enough of them to occupy the land. God doesn't give you what you can't handle. 
And so his family isn't big enough to take full possession of the land. And God said, this is why. For the iniquity of the Amorites is not yet full. So God is saying, I'm not going to do this until the time that the Amorites become so wicked that they're worthy of the judgment that I'm going to bring. Now, really at this time, the Amorites, uh, some of them anyway, were friends of Abraham. Uh, We read in Genesis 14, for instance, uh, that Abraham's nephew Lot had been carried off by the kings of the east that had come from the land of of, uh, Elam and uh, other places in the, the Middle East, further to the east, Persia, places like that. And there came one, Genesis 14, 13, that, uh, and he told Abram, the Hebrew, he escaped from the captivity that uh, Lot had been captured by. And he told Abram, the Hebrew, for he dwelt in the plain of Mamre, the Amorite, the brother of Eshcol, the brother of Aner, and these were confederate with Abraham. So these were Abraham's uh, partners, and they had bound themselves together in covenant promises, not spiritually, but definitely in protective covenant. And uh, so Abram went after this invading army with these covenant partners. They helped him. Abram was the driving force in all of this, but they went with him and fought with him to rescue Lot. And they did reap some of the spoil from capturing these armies. But these guys were decent guys during this time. And so what I want you to see with all of this is that God was putting Abraham in high esteem around his neighbors. He was a witness to those people. Then when Abram went down to the land of Egypt, and we read about this in Genesis chapter 12, uh, Abram was afraid that they would kill him in order to get his beautiful wife, Sarah. So they lied. Uh, Her name was Sarai at the time. Uh, but they lied and they said, she's my sister. It was a half truth. Uh, it wasn't the whole truth. And so Pharaoh took Sarai into his harem. Uh, he did not consummate a marriage with her. But before this could be done, this is what the scripture says. The Lord plagued Pharaoh and his house with great plagues because of Sarai, Abraham's wife. And Pharaoh called Abram said, what is this that you've done to me? Why didn't you tell me she was your wife? Why said you, she is my sister, so that I might have taken her to be my wife? Now therefore, behold your wife, take her and go away. And Pharaoh commanded his men concerning him, and they sent him away, and his wife and all that he had. And it says earlier that Pharaoh gave him an incredible amount of money and servants and and possessions, and, and he didn't take all that back. He sent them away. So God blessed Abraham, even though he wasn't in perfect obedience and there were some imperfections about him. God blessed him anyway. Uh, and, and you know, this is good for us to see because we have these ideas that all these biblical characters were perfect and they weren't. Abraham wasn't. And you're not going to find perfect people in every church. Um, you come to our church, you'll find me being perfect, but all the rest of them are not. So uh, just want you to know that, that we have to learn that all of us who walk with God, we're works in progress. Now that doesn't cover uh, our folly or our sins, but we are still works in progress. And God doesn't abandon us because we have flaws. He works with that to, to change that and to help you to outgrow that. So what's going on here? This is a pattern. It's part of the continuance. God is showing Israel that Abraham comes out of Egypt with great wealth And so 400 years later, when the Israelites come out, they're going to come out with great wealth because Abraham did. 
Now in Genesis chapter 14, after Abraham had conquered these invading armies that had come against him from the east, both Melchizedek and the king of Salem come to him and they bless him and they honor him. They recognize the hand of God is on him. So we see that Abraham is known throughout the region of this man of greatness, this man of integrity, this man of power. God is giving him favor in the land. So you see that God is laying out this pattern of I am blessing this man because I want everybody to know I've given him this place. Now let's look at Genesis chapter 20 because here's another thing that happens. He goes down to the land of the Philistines. At the time it's called Gerar. Abram journeyed from there toward the south country and dwelt between Kadesh and Shur and sojourned in Gerar. And Abraham said of... um, Sarah, his wife, she's my sister. And Abimelech, king of Gerar, sent and took Sarah. But God came to Abimelech in a dream by night and said to him, Behold, you are but a dead man for the woman which you have taken. She's a man's wife. But Abimelech had not come near her. And he said, Lord, will you also slay a righteous nation? Said he not unto me, she's my sister. She, even she herself said, he's my brother. In the integrity of my heart, innocence in my hands, have I done this? And God said unto him in a dream, yes, I know that you did this in the integrity of your heart. For I also withheld you from sinning against me. Therefore I suffered you not to touch her. Now therefore restore the man his wife, for he is a prophet. He will pray for you, and you shall live. If you do not restore her, know that you shall surely die, you and all that are yours. And so therefore in the morning Abimelech arose early, and he called his servants. He told all of them these things in their ears. The men were sore afraid. And Abimelech called Abram and said unto him, What have you done to us? And of course he made things right with Abraham. But you see, God rebuked kings for Abraham's sake. So this is God showing again and again, I am with you. Later in Genesis chapter 23, when Sarah died at 127 years of age, Abraham is 137, he needs to buy a sepulcher. He doesn't own any property. He wants to buy a cave from the residents of the land. And he goes to them and makes an appeal to buy the cave of Machpelah. Listen to what they said about Abraham. I'm only going to read uh, a couple of verses here. And the children of Heth answered to Abraham and they said, Hear us, my Lord, thou art a mighty prince among us. God had given Abraham a great testimony above these nations. So you see it over and over again. Then it continues with Isaac. Uh, Abimelech said to Isaac, Go from us, for thou art much mightier than we. You see it with Jacob, the grandson of Abraham. Genesis 31, 29. His father-in-law Laban is threatening him, and he says, It is in the power of my hand to do you hurt. But the God of your father spoke to me yesternight, saying, Take heed that you speak not to Jacob either good or bad. In other words, God put fear in Laban's heart concerning Jacob. Now the reason I want to bring all of these things out is I want to show you that this favor that Abraham and Isaac and Jacob had was not of their own doing. It was because God chose them. And he chose them because he was going to do something for the greater good of the earth. 
Now, now listen to this. Get this. We say sometimes the Jews are God's chosen people, and some people say it like, so big deal, I, how come they're chosen and we're not? Listen to me. Anytime that God picks a family or raises up somebody and puts blessing on them, it is not just for their good. God does it so that he can use them to bless people around them. You know, today, thank God we're seeing it. I, I, I've longed to see this for decades, but we're seeing it. That some of the Arab nations in the Middle East are recognizing that Israel can do them good. You cannot deny the great advances in agriculture that the Israelis have made in a desert region of the world. They've made it to bloom. They understand things about food production that their neighbors could benefit from. They understand things about technology. They un they're brilliant. It's amazing how many new business startups and, and amazing business startups come out of Israel. And the technology that Israel produces by comparison to its population is just nothing short of remarkable. If people would understand this and quit trying to destroy them, but recognize that God is using them to be a blessing to the whole earth. This is what God said to Abraham. In you shall all the families of the earth be blessed. So it's important for me to realize that when God puts blessing on me, the whole purpose is so that I can be a blessing to others. I need to be a blessing to people around me. And I know that I have what I have so that I can do good to people around me. I want not only to encourage people, but to leave tangible things in the lives of people with what God has blessed me with. And so this is the law of continuance. It's what David has fallen back on. It's what built his faith. He realized that he belongs to a family and a nation of people that God started for ex the express purpose of blessing the whole earth. Even the kings in Abraham's day and in the days of Isaac Jacob, even the rulers understood these people have been raised up by God to be a blessing. Don't fight against them. And so that's the beginning of the law of continuance, and it's what builds great faith. We didn't come into this world. Most of us didn't. Some of you are Jewish, but, but many of you are not. Most of you are Gentile. But the good news is, we have been brought into these covenants of promise. Abraham is now my spiritual ancestor. Isaac and Jacob are now mine. They're part of my heritage. By coming to faith in Christ, this is the wonderful thing. I get to inherit all of these people. Their faith inspires my faith. Their relationship strengthens my relationship. So that's the purpose. The purpose is not for someone to say, ha ha, I'm chosen, you're not. That's not it. If we are chosen, it is because we have been called to be a blessing to everybody around us. That is all the time I have for today, but we're not done. We'll pick up a few days from now in the next lesson, and I hope to see you then. Thanks. We hope this message has been a blessing to you. Ratings and reviews help us reach more people. So take a moment to leave a review on your podcast app and consider sharing an episode with a friend or family member that needs to be built up and encouraged in the Lord today. Thank you for listening.